Section 54 of Gray's Anatomy, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leanne Howlett. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 4, by Henry Gray. Accessory Organs of the Eye, Part 2. Structure of the Eyelids The eyelids are composed of the following structures taken in their order, from without inward. Integument, areolar tissue, fibers of the obicularis oculi, tarsus, orbital septum, tarsal glands, and conjunctiva. The upper eyelid has, in addition, the aponeurosis of the levator palpebri superioris. The integument is extremely thin and continuous at the margins of the eyelids with the conjunctiva. The subcutaneous areolar tissue is very lax and delicate and seldom contains any fat. The palpable fibers of the obicularis oculi are thin, pale in color, and possess an involuntary action. The tarsi, tarsal plates, are two thin elongated plates of dense connective tissue about 2.5 centimeters in length. One is placed in each eyelid and contributes to its form and support. The superior tarsus, tarsus superior, superior tarsal plate, the larger, is of a semi-lunar form about 10 millimeters in breadth at the center and gradually narrowing toward its extremities. To the anterior surface of this plate, the aponeurosis of the levator palpebri superioris is attached. The inferior tarsus, tarsus inferior, inferior tarsal plate, the smaller, is thin, elliptical in form, and has a vertical diameter of about 5 millimeters. The free or ciliary margins of these plates are thick and straight. The attached or orbital margins are connected to the circumference of the orbit by the orbital septum. The lateral angles are attached to the zygomatic bone by the lateral palpable raphe. The medial angles of the two plates end at the lacus lacrimalis and are attached to the frontal process of the maxilla by the medial palpable ligament. The orbital septum, septum orbital palpable ligament, is a membranous sheet attached to the edge of the orbit where it is continuous with the periosteum. In the upper eyelid, it blends by its peripheral circumference with the tendon of the levator palpebri superioris and the superior tarsus, and the lower eyelid with the inferior tarsus. Medially, it is thin, and becoming separated from the medial palpable ligament, is fixed to the lacrimal bone immediately behind the lacrimal sac. The septum is perforated by the vessels and nerves which pass from the orbital cavity to the face and scalp. The eyelids are richly supplied with blood. The tarsal glands, glandulae tarsalis, mybomi, mybomian glands. The tarsal glands are situated upon the inner surfaces of the eyelids between the tarsi and conjunctiva and may be distinctly seen through the latter on everting the eyelids, presenting an appearance like parallel strings of pearls. There are about 30 in the upper eyelid and somewhat fewer in the lower. 
They are embedded in grooves in the inner surfaces of the tarsi and correspond in length with the breadth of these plates. They are consequently longer in the upper than in the lower eyelid. Their ducts open on the free margins of the lids by minute foramina. Structure The tarsal glands are modified sebaceous glands, each consisting of a single straight tube or follicle with numerous small lateral diverticula. The tubes are supported by a basement membrane and are lined at their mouths by stratified epithelium. The deeper parts of the tubes and the lateral offshoots are lined by a layer of polyhedral cells. The conjunctiva is the mucous membrane of the eye. It lines the inner surfaces of the eyelids or palpebrae and is reflected over the forepart of the sclera and cornea. The palpable portion, tunica conjunctiva palpebrarum, is thick, opaque, highly vascular, and covered with numerous papillae, its deeper part presenting a considerable amount of lymphoid tissue. At the margins of the lids it becomes continuous with the lining membrane of the ducts of the tarsal glands, and through the lacrimal ducts with the lining membrane of the lacrimal sac and nasolacrimal duct. At the lateral angle of the upper eyelid, the ducts of the lacrimal gland open on its free surface, and at the medial angle it forms a semilunar fold, the plica semilunaris. The line of reflection of the conjunctiva from the upper eyelid onto the bulb of the eye is named the superior fornix, and that from the lower lid the inferior fornix. The bulbar portion, tunica conjunctiva bulbi. Upon the sclera, the conjunctiva is loosely connected to the bulb of the eye. It is thin, transparent, destitute of papillae, and only slightly vascular. Upon the cornea, the conjunctiva consists only of epithelium, constituting the epithelium of the cornea already described. Lymphatics arise in the conjunctiva in a delicate zone around the cornea and run to the ocular conjunctiva. In and near the fornices, but more plentiful in the upper than in the lower eyelid, a number of convoluted tubular glands open on the surface of the conjunctiva. Other glands, analogous to lymphoid follicles, and called by Henley trachoma glands, are found in the conjunctiva, and according to Strohmeyer, are chiefly situated near the medial palpable commissure. They were first described by Brush, in his description of Pyer's patches of the small intestine, as identical structures existing in the under eyelid of the ox. The caruncula lacrimalis is a small, reddish, conical-shaped body situated at the medial palpable commissure and filling up the lacus lacrimalis. It consists of a small island of skin containing sebaceous and sudoriferous glands and is a source of the whitish secretion which constantly collects in this region. A few slender hairs are attached to its surface. Lateral to the caruncula is a slight semilunar fold of conjunctiva, the concavity of which is directed toward the cornea. It is called the plica semilunaris. Mueller found smooth muscular fibers in this fold. In some of the domesticated animals it contains a thin plate of cartilage. The nerves in the conjunctiva are numerous and form rich plexuses. According to Krauss, they terminate in a peculiar form of tactile corpuscle, which he terms terminal bulb. 
The lacrimal apparatus, apparatus lacrimalis, consists of A, the lacrimal gland, which secretes the tears, and its excretory ducts, which convey the fluid to the surface of the eye, B, the lacrimal ducts, the lacrimal sac, and the nasolacrimal duct, by which the fluid is conveyed into the cavity of the nose. The lacrimal gland, glandula lacrimalis. The lacrimal gland is lodged in the lacrimal fossa, on the medial side of the zygomatic process of the frontal bone. It is of an oval form, about the size and shape of an almond, and consists of two portions, described as the superior and inferior lacrimal glands. The superior lacrimal gland is connected to the periosteum of the orbit by a few fibrous bands, and rests upon the tendons of the recti superioris and lateralis, which separate it from the bulb of the eye. The inferior lacrimal gland is separated from the superior by a fibrous septum, and projects into the back part of the upper eyelid, where its deep surface is related to the conjunctiva. The ducts of the glands, from six to twelve in number, run obliquely beneath the conjunctiva for a short distance, and open along the upper and lateral half of the superior conjunctival fornix. Structures of the lacrimal gland. In structure and general appearance, the lacrimal resembles the serous salivary glands. In the recent state, the cells are so crowded with granules that their limits can hardly be defined. They contain oval nuclei, and the cell protoplasm is finely fibrillated. The lacrimal ducts, ductus lacrimalis, lacrimal canals. The lacrimal ducts, one in each eyelid, commence at minute orifices, termed puncta lacrimalia, on the summits of the papillae lacrimales, seen on the margins of the lids at the lateral extremity of the lacus lacrimalis. The superior duct, the smaller and shorter of the two, at first ascends, and then bends at an acute angle, and passes medialward and downward to the lacrimal sac. The inferior duct at first descends, and then runs almost horizontally to the lacrimal sac. At the angles they are dilated into ampullae, their walls are dense in structure, and their mucous lining is covered by stratified squamous epithelium placed on a basement membrane. Outside the latter is a layer of striped muscle, continuous with the lacrimal part of the orbicularis oculi. At the base of each lacrimal papilla, the muscular fibers are circularly arranged and form a kind of sphincter. The lacrimal sac, saccus lacrimalis. The lacrimal sac is the upper dilated end of the nasolacrimal duct and is lodged in a deep groove formed by the lacrimal bone and frontal process of the maxilla. It is oval in form and measures from 12 to 15 millimeters in length. Its upper end is closed and rounded its lower is continued into the nasolacrimal duct. Its superficial surface is covered by a fibrous expansion derived from the medial palpable ligament, and its deep surface is crossed by the lacrimal part of the obicularis oculi, which is attached to the crest on the lacrimal bone. Structure The lacrimal sac consists of a fibrous elastic coat, lined internally by mucous membrane. The latter is continuous, through the lacrimal ducts, with the conjunctiva, and through the nasolacrimal duct, with the mucous membrane of the nasal cavity. 
The nasolacrimal duct, ductus nasolacrimalis, nasal duct. The nasolacrimal duct is a membranous canal, about 18 millimeters in length, which extends from the lower part of the lacrimal sac to the inferior meatus of the nose, where it ends by a somewhat expanded orifice, provided with an imperfect valve, the plica lacrimalis hasneri, formed by a fold of the mucous membrane. It is contained in an osseous canal, formed by the maxilla, the lacrimal bone, and the inferior nasal concha. It is narrower in the middle than at either end, and is directed downward, backward, and a little lateralward. The mucous lining of the lacrimal sac and nasolacrimal duct is covered with columnar epithelium, which in places is ciliated. End of section 54. Recording by Leanne Howlett.